Good evening, church. Welcome, everyone, tonight to Bible study. We thank God for another evening of the word. Thank God for a brand new day given to us by the Lord. And as we join in tonight to this meeting, we trust the Lord to help us make progress in his word and in the work of our faith. Um, as we start this evening, I trust the Lord that it will be an interesting evening of the word as we all have our Bibles and our writing materials and our hearts to understand the word and the will of God. Before I go into the word again this evening, I just want to uh, mention to us um, an event that happened in the world. In the last 24 hours, there was an earthquake in Turkey and a part of Syria, and it's a devastating earthquake. And I, 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 I just began to read about it not long ago, and I, I've, I've just felt, you know, um, to mention it and just to pray for believers and non-believers in those regions uh, that the Lord will will be with them, and 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 I'm praying that that this will draw the attention of the world to the Lord, to the Lord, hallelujah, to the Lord. You know, I was reading this evening in the book of Revelations, I was reading from chapter 10 through to, to the chapter 16, and I got to a point in chapter 9, one of the, of, the, of the judgments that was released by the angels, you know, was so devastated in the world, but the intent of God is that the people might repent. You know, when I saw that, I said, wow, and this is the purpose of all the judgment. God is drawing men's attention to himself. Let me read tonight, Revelation chapter 9. I read from, I read verses 20 and 21, just those two verses. But to get the context, you have to read from chapter 7 through 9 and, and beyond. But let me read to the 9 of Revelation, um, verse 20. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues, did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk, nor did they repent of their mother or their mothers or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their death. Wow. Now, having seen all these things, the people did not even repent. And, and shows to me that the intent of all these things is to draw men's attention away from idols, away from, 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 from themselves, the living God. And, 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 and this, you know, this shifted my thoughts as I began to look at the, 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 the judgments entirely in the book of Revelation. But this evening particularly, um, I, 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 I felt this, this in my heart when I read the, the, um, um, this story, you know, 
it's a 7.8 magnitude earthquake and it occurred 4 a.m. in the morning. And, and the death toll as we speak now is about 6,376 people dead right now. And, and, and those who have been injured but not fought out are over 24,000. But the expectation, the way the rescue mission is going on is that the, the, the death toll might climb up to about 20,000 people dying. And, and, and at this time, they need a lot of prayers and support and, 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 and encouragement. But we can reach there. But I believe we can make a word of prayer. You see, when one person dies, it's great. Two dies, great. Three. But now over 6,000 suddenly at the same time not knowing and, and, and under certain conditions that, that are so painful and grievous. Amen tonight. And I'm sure those ones tonight will not care if they have any account or bank account. And I'm not sure they will care if, 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 if they have access to life or not. Those things are, are no more important to them. What they are pushing for is actually survival and, 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 and life. But, 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 but it has, it has, it's, it's, it's a test down for them. But what we can do as believers is to pray. And therefore, tonight, I want us to bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you this evening. We come, Lord, on behalf of the people of Syria and Turkey. Lord, who are experiencing earthquake. Many are dead. But many are yet to be rescued also. Many are injured. Many are, are, in, are in desperate situations. Many are, are, are in hopeless situations, oh God, at this time. Lord, we pray, oh God, that you, you strengthen and send help to them. Lord, I pray, oh God, that Satan will not take advantage of this situation and cause more havoc, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, by your Holy Spirit, Lord, minister to the people. Lord, as many of them, Lord, that you, 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 you are showing your grace to by your son, Jesus. Lord, let your eyes be opened unto, them, unto him now in the name of Jesus. Lord, as many as are trapped now beyond the place where they can be found, Lord, reveal your son to them at this desperate time of their lives in the name of Jesus. And give them grace, Lord, to understand and receive the grace of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I pray, Lord, for the government of Turkey and Syria. Lord, that you, you, you touch your heart to know, to know the right things to do. That I may do it. That the people who are in trouble, who are in pain, might have their problems and, 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 and difficulties laid and assuaded in Jesus' name. Lord, those who have lost loved ones, comfort them. But much more, oh God, let them find the true comfort in Christ Jesus. Thank you, God, tonight. As many who are there, oh God, in this time, who are believers, who are Christians, we pray for the strength of the Spirit. And as many, Lord, as we be sending to them in this time who are believers, Lord, to go and share the gospel unto them, Lord. Lord, you give them the right words to speak on the people in the name of Jesus. But your true peace may reign in the land. And your true kingdom may reign upon the earth. Thank you, because your word spreads in the world today. And Jesus is magnified and praised. 
Thank you, Father. For pray with thanksgiving tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody say with me, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles tonight to Romans chapter 15, where, where we've been for a while and we are almost coming to, to the end of the book of Romans. But often, um, when we get to the end of the book of Romans, we'll, we'll do a cap of the entire um, treatise of the book of Romans. But we stopped last time in chapter 15, verse 22. And we, we highlighted two major points that the Apostle Paul, you know, made mention or made reference to um, um, in, that, in, that, in, 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 those, in those verses. And tonight, briefly, I'm going to reiterate that, um, reiterate it as we come to chapter 16 and see what the Lord is saying. Now, from 1522, I explained to us in the last class that the plan of God for the church is to is to is you know is to make us like a, a godly community of, of 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 believers. Godly community of believers. And the apostle Paul is laying here by the spirit of God that the church is designed to support the preaching of the gospel. The church, like the church order, is designed to support the preaching of the true gospel. Paul said in Philippians 1, verse 6, it says, you are my partner. Stop me next time again. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians 1. I read verse 6 of Philippians 1. Hallelujah. It says, and I am sure of this, that he that begot a good work in you will commit to the Lord Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my, in my heart for you are all partakers with me of this grace. You see, there's a partaking of the grace of God of in preaching the gospel. So one way, one, one major mechanism the Lord has set in the church to get the word of God out is, is for churches to partner with, with preachers. Now, in our world today, you find ministers, our ministers calling for partnerships. Now, the partnership should be for one purpose and one purpose alone to disseminate the undiluted word of God. And that's the reason you can't or we can't as a church partner with anyone whom we don't know what gospel is preaching. Hallelujah. But God wants us to partner. See what he says in, in that, what we read down, Philippians 1, verse 7. He says, it says, it is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for ye are all partakers with me. You see that? So the church in Philippi, you know, is a culture established in the church that the church of Philippi partnered with Paul. Amen. Read most just to that effect. So as a local church, we must seek to partner with people who are doing the work of God genuinely to glorify and further the work of God. Just like we also do, God will also lead others to us, to us also to support us. Amen. Hallelujah. 
God will begin to lay in the hands of others to support what we are doing, just like the Lord will lay us in our own hearts to the world, to support what others are doing. So we mustn't feel that we are the only ones doing the work of God on the earth. No, that is not true. God has his church around the world, and there are many people out of the world, apart from us also, who are doing the right thing. We must seek the face of God for him to reveal them to us, that we might support them, and also trust God to lay us also in people's hearts that they to my world might support what we do. Amen. God never calls the church to live in isolation. In fact, when Jesus gave the report, of the church uh, um, um, in Revelation, he didn't write to one church, he wrote to at least seven churches. And those churches were actually a, a reference to all the entire church of the body of Christ. The church in Smyrna, the church in Ephesus, the church in Laodicea, in Philadelphia, in Pergamon, and 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 and, 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 and entire see. So he wrote to all the churches. So no one church holds the, the ace to the plan of God. And a true church will actually love other believers. For this is how we know we are passed from death to life when we love the brethren. Sometimes some other churches will not understand the gospel in the entirety like we do, praise God. But you see, that does not stop them from being God's children. Hallelujah. So we must come to a place where, where we're able to, to communicate. And sometimes we may think that we know all. There are things also that we also don't know yet. Hallelujah. So in our mutual supply, we gain one from another. So as a church of God and other, we mustn't think we are the only ones in the whole earth. No. If we don't ask God, he will tell, he will tell us he has 7,000 others. And therefore we must condescend and humble ourselves enough to be able to fellowship and be a blessing to another while we also are able to receive blessings from others also. Amen. That's a good spread of God. So we see that Paul is saying that the church in Philippi, he loved them because they are partners and that's how God has structured it. So one of the things we must learn about the church is that we must know that we are called to support. Guess what? If not because we are doing verse by verse studying, we will not come to this point as a, as a teaching in church. And that's why it's good for you to study your Bible verse by verse because you gain a lot in the mind of God. Talk to me about what should I do. Um, 1 Corinthians 16. Let me show you um, a few things there also tonight. 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16. Thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians 16. So we see that, 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 that the church supports each other. Let, let me show you. Verse 16, let's read from verse 5 and 6. 5 and 6 of 1 Corinthians 16. Let, let me show you how Paul established this principle and that, and that this was which verse 5 says, I will visit you after passing through Macedonia. For I intend to pass through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter so that you may help me on my journey. You see that again? It's not, it's not talking to the church in Corinth. Praise God. That you see, I'm going to wear to Macedonia, but I'm coming to you in Corinth. So when I stop you for a while, you will want, you will send me on my mission to wear to Macedonia. Amen. And, and in trust, you find that this place in Macedonia also 
at a point in time, in, in fact, in, in, in history, they, 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 they sought to communicate and, and help the people of God there in Jerusalem. So you see, Paul is saying here, I'm coming to you for a while just to establish this fact that God has designed the church to support his work. Hallelujah. Now, having said that, we also see that God established that we take care of one another as the people of God. And this is what the Apostle Paul also is establishing here, as we see in Romans chapter 15, where our text is. Romans 15. Now, if you look at the actions of the Apostle Paul, now, Romans 15, but, but from verse 23, let me, let's, let, let's, 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 let's go on there tonight. 23 says, but now since I no longer have any room for the work in these regions, I since have longed for many years to come to you. I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you, like we said earlier on. And I've enjoyed and, and enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at what Jerusalem. You see the principle that God is laying here, and Paul taught these things. Paul said, This is how it should be. Now, Paul said here that I'm going to preach in Spain. But as I go to preach in Spain, I'm coming to stay with you so that I'm not blessing you, you my Lord, sponsor and contribute to my trip to, work, to Spain. Just like there was a church in Corinth that is going to where Macedonia, you will come and talk to when you come to Macedonia. So this is the way God has structured it. So we mustn't allow people who preach to search for money themselves. Even though Paul sometimes will do that but not because that is the way it should be. It's been that so that the gospel is not, it's not abused, but the principle of God is that those that preach the gospel must be supported by the church. The apostles, like Paul was mentioning, were going, in fact, when Christ sent them out in Luke 10, land 10, what is it then? So when you go to the journey, do what? Don't take any money or anybody. Wherever you get to, let them all take care of you and sponsor you as you go about preaching the gospel. That is the way God established it. And it wasn't because of those who have abused this order of God to now say we won't do it. Let God be the one to want to judge them. But we cannot outturn the doctrine and the teaching of God that he has ordained in the church for the furtherance of his work upon the earth. Hallelujah tonight. So as we as a church look forward to be a blessing to others and trust God that others to be a blessing to us, we must also begin to think of every means possible to support the work of God in the church and other as individuals. Because the way God supports his work is by people in his body. Remember, in the Old Testament, when God told Moses to build him the tabernacle, you know what he said? He says, "Go and tell Israel, let them bring the supplies." 
And guess what? When they left Egypt, Bible says they God told them, go and ask for gold and things that are precious. And, and it was those gold things that they used to build the things. In fact, Bible says they kept bringing things on Jehovah said, what we have is now enough. They didn't go outside the borrow. They didn't go any like Everything came from the people of God. So the plan of God to grow his heart, to build his church, will come from where? From his people. That's why the Lord will prosper his people, that his people must do his work and support his work as work may progress on the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, now the second point we raise here is that is that people contributed. There's this there's this idea of contributing to help the poor and the needy. It's a practice of the church. This is a part of a church that we must learn as a, as, as a church. Because sometimes you so, so, you can feel oh um, this person is being helped too much. Can we? No, 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 no. Sometimes it's like that. There are people that need help until they're able to find their footing. Let's go all the hall to do that. As long as these people are safe and born again and they're genuine and sincere in their heart, we must do all our best to support them as they find their footing in God and in life. Amen tonight. Paul says in Romans, he says, for the church in, in Macedonia and, and Achaia, Abraham have, have put funds together for the poor believers men in Jerusalem to support them. And therefore, I am going to them first before God before coming to you. But let me show you tonight a few other instances in the Bible where certain churches raise resources to bless others. Now, Paul called um, um, for a contribution um, from the people in Antioch for the, for the brethren. Talk to me about this, to Acts 11, everybody. Quickly, Acts 11. Let me show you this pattern in the Bible. Acts 11. Acts 11. Amen. You know, when there's good teaching, some things are cleared up in the mind. Acts 11, let's read verse 27 to verse 30 thereabout. Verse Acts 11, read verse 27 to 30 of Acts 11. I read, now in those days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine all over the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability. You see that? That means every time we find there's somebody in church who has need, we mustn't think twice, praise God. We must come together and pull funds together and do what? And help. So let, let it not be, you know, a thing of you pulling back. No, it's a culture of the church. It's a doctrine and a practice in the Bible wherein we come together. But guess what? Like I always preach, this should not be the grounds for one to become what? Lazy. No, no, no. When Bible says, don't not let no man be lazy. That he that will not walk with his hands should not should not eat. But there are circumstances beyond the control of man that when happens, that person is 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 the position to what we have now. How did this book get to this state? Bible says there was a word, a famine. And the brethren in this, they see what we read them in verse, in verse, in the next line, it and, and, and the brethren, one accord to the ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and who? And Saul. So we see the practice of the church. They come together. 
to help a believer or a group of believers who are who I live. Now, for instance, if we have an intelligent or a group report that there are believers in Syria or in Turkey right now in that region of the earthquake that, that, that we know we have contact, folks, we will send them relief. Amen. Because they are people of God. You see, but we can't just send relief just for the sake of it. No, it must be, guess what it says, for the brethren we have in Judea. It must be to the brethren. The Bible says, do good to all men, but what especially those of the household of God. Hallelujah. And that's why we must have a heart of supporting one another in things we do. That's how we bond. That's how the church, you know, you know, grows. That's how we show love and affection. In fact, that's how we teach ourselves love and grow in love when we support one another. You see, Paul spoke so much about love in Romans. About unity, about coming together, because that's how the church is is fully integrated and, and, and is fully bonded to do the work of God. So we see here that the church in Antioch pulled force together to send to the brethren in Judea. Come with me also, you find that the apostle James, Peter, and John had this also in mind. And I believe they, they, they got this teaching from the Lord Jesus because it was central to their doctrine, central to the apostles' doctrine to hold the church, you know, you know, you know, you know, to get in love. And that's the reason everyone who is really born again in church must live the life of God and their life was evidence that Christ dwells in them. Galatians 2, verse 10, to everybody told me there. Galatians 2, verse 10. This was the counsel of the apostles, James, John, and Peter. So the apostle Paul, when he was going to the mission field to preach the gospel, they, they, they had they something to say to him, but particularly this one message was given to him. Galatians 2, verse 10. See what he said to, he said to him there. I read verse 10. He said... I don't get it from this verse of the Bible. Can I? Okay. Now verse 9. And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me, and that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised, only that they asked us to remember what? The poor, the very thing, the very thing that we were eager to do. That means the pastor must, work, must be eager to help the poor. Now, the church must be eager to help the poor. Amen. In fact, James says that this is true religion, that you help the widows and help the orphans and those in prison. This is religion. So God approves of the church helping the poor. For Jesus said, the poor you always have amongst you. And this is how we know that we are obeying the word of Christ when we help the poor. You know what James said to the poor? He says, only remember which they too was doing and as they went to the, to the Jews to preach, they remember what the poor among them. So Paul as you put in tenders also, make sure you want to So it must be a thing of joy for us as a church to always remember the poor. And then it gets 
It's the instruction is given to the pastor to remember the poor. And in church at Oba, it's not only the poor. We remember ourselves as a whole. Amen tonight. So it's a practice that the church must understand. Let's see again this evening, 1 Corinthians 16, 1 through 4. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 through 4. Let's turn our church tonight again. Let's, let's establish this point very clearly tonight. Because this is very important that the church will come together and understand the will of God for their operational life. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 to 4. I read, now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, you see that? So you are also to do. You see that is a common practice there in the church. It's a common practice. This is a doctrine that Christ handed down to the apostles and to us by extension. And we must do this with joy in our heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me read on tonight. It says, it says, and so do. On the first day of, the, of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he, may, as he may prosper, so that there will be no collection when I come. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you, you accredit by letter to carry your gifts to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should also go with them, I will accompany or they will accompany me. Now, Paul is saying that, that the church in Galatia had done this, and you also here in, in Corinth are also to do the same. This is important. Now, I'm taking us through this just so we know. So, in our hearts is established, in our heart is become sufficient that no one amongst us should suffer. No poor amongst us should go without food. We must come together to support everyone who is in need. Someone is sick, we put together and contribute for the bills and pray. Amen. Someone is going to school, we don't close our eyes and just think, let them go out. Yeah, they can do it. But, but if we can put something together, let's do and support them. That's the will of God. Particularly if they can't afford it. Hallelujah. So this is a practice. This is a doctrine that the pastor is told to do. Like Sephas, James and John, John Paul. And Paul says he's eager. Just like I'm eager by the grace of God. Hallelujah tonight. 2 Corinthians 8. 2 Corinthians 9. Come here tonight again. Let me show something there. So that I can't read all those scriptures, but let's turn there tonight. 2 Corinthians 8, and then 2 Corinthians 9. Hallelujah. 8 verse 1, let me read to you. It says, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. Wow. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Now, this church gave seven nine. They pulled together. So the church in Macedonia, they pulled together to support. There's this culture, there's this total teaching of mutual support for believers. Hallelujah. Now, before I end of this, I will make some conclusion and some qualification. To qualify 
to receive this support, you must be attested to by the church leadership that you are actually a child of God. You must have a good recommendation among the saints that you are actually a child of God. You must have, you know, help others in their own times of need also when they need care. So as a believer in church, you must be eager to help others. So when a time comes for you to be helped, you have a good word recommendation. Well, there's this teaching that we all must pull together. And now Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 15 from verse 23 downwards. So as I read through that scripture tonight, I will come to 16. I will build from there tonight. So Paul said, the gift of the brethren I'm going to bring when I come to you, you support me in the mission to Spain. As a person, as a pastor, I'm always thinking and trusting the Lord to help me support people who are ministering, to support the weak as much as I can, to give for the poor, to give to those. He, 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 he leads me to give and bless. And we must have that kind of heart also as a people of God. It's a good thing so to do. Now Paul comes to the 16th chapter. And in this chapter, we come to an interesting end of the book of Romans. By the grace of God, we will do an overview of every thought and every teaching that we've learned in the book of Romans and how that will be applied in our lives and in the church. Remember we said that Romans 1 to 11 are doctrinal. So we're going to highlight every doctrine that we've learned in Romans 1 to 11 and 12 through 15 are what? Are practicals and it's the obvious that these are applications. So how do we apply? What do we do? How do we bring these doctrines to bear on our lives? One we've seen tonight that is practical is that we support people that minister. We support God's work. You support the minister. In fact, there's, there's, there's a scripture I want to share with us tonight. Maybe we go there briefly before I jump into the next um, um, teaching tonight. Let me just show you a few scriptures um, where Paul was talking to Timothy and to the churches in Thessalonica. As for this, this, this understanding of of, of the purpose of God for, for supporting the ministry and, and, and the workers. Stop very quickly before we go to 16. First Thessalonians 5, and then First Timothy 5, 2. We'll read that and we don't go. First Thessalonians 5. Let's start with your Bibles. First Thessalonians 5, we'll read verse 12 and 13. 12 and 13. I read from here. Verse 12 says, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Verse 13, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Hallelujah. It means there are people who, work, who labor. 
what we are meant to do to them is what to extend them now we will see this in Romans 16 verse 1 everyone who is ministering like your pastor now sometimes these things are overdone with people you know I see sometimes a man of God come to preach and they and, 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 and they start pouring flowers and petals on the floor for them to, to go now this this baby what God is saying is honor them you know you know moderately don't 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 disrespect them but but honor them yeah but not extent of pouring flowers and and and, and bring some and, and, and bringing light band to play in at the airport to 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 to, 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 to welcome the man of God and and I know some things can be done excessively no 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 yeah honor them praise God because of what they do amen he said, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly and in love for the works. So they are to be esteemed, to esteem your pastor, honor them, respect them. Now, I guess that's what the, that's where the idea of papa, mama comes from. That if you honor me, you must say papa. No, not say papa, not mama. It's a way you honor someone. In line with God's word. But the fact is that God commands that his people who minister and teach be honored by the church. So there's a place of honor that God has assigned to those who minister his word and teach his word. And therefore, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you to be obedient to God's word by honoring your pastor and your leaders and, 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 and esteeming them high. Amen. Speak of them high. And, and 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 don't disrespect them and 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 accord them the, the the honor that God requires the church to accord them. First Timothy 5:17. First Timothy 5:17. Hallelujah. First Timothy 5:17 and 18. Amen. You know, I'm saying this in the light of the church of the ministers, and this must be, must be well taught in our church for the leaders in church. Brother Emmanuel, Pastor Richard, Brother Timmy, Brother Timmy, um, my wife and myself, who are in this, um, and, and Brother who are in the center leadership, please, when you see them, honor them. When you see them in church, don't just walk past them. Don't push them. Don't, you know, you know. Bible says, hold on them because they teach you. They admonish you. Amen. I know someone said, said, my Lord, God, no, no, no. Just hold on them. You know, there's a way you know. You respect them. You, 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 you. I, 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 I don't know what to use. But what I'm saying is that honor them. Hallelujah. Don't, don't, don't get too familiar with them. In that sense, I'm not saying that don't talk to them, no, no, talk to them, but understand their role because they admonish you, they encourage you. And Bible says you must honor them. I didn't say God said so. Hallelujah. I'm not saying that in church that when you see me, run from me. No, 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 no. But you're supposed to honor me in the office that God has called me. Hallelujah. Because I admonish you, because I teach you, because I pastor you, that is the order of the church. 
So the church has hierarchy. The church is not, you know, you know, that's where that's where the people who who hold the idea that church should be general, nobody should leave church. No, it's wrong. Even in the age of the apostles, James was the leader of the church. When everyone has spoken, one person always concludes. So there's always one leader. Hallelujah. And God has so done that structure and that establishment that it cannot be sought. Now, you are meant to honor, follow, respect, obey, and do everything the pastor says as long as the pastor is following the word of God. But I know in our church, God is leading us to follow his word. And therefore, we must begin to build and follow these principles of the scripture. So, so those who admonish you, those who encourage you, those who charge you as central leaders, they are meant to be honored, they are meant to be respected, they are meant to be reverenced when you come to church and also your pastor. Amen tonight. First Peter 5, I'm sorry, first Peter 5, I said, let's see quickly verse um, 17 and 18. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. So you see, God says in the church, the elders who labor in preaching and teaching are to be considered double honor. Wow. That means some have one honor, some have what? Two honors. And it must be shown to them. That's how God ordained it for the church to function because the oil comes from the head to the beard to the scape and, and down. And that's the reason if you are if you don't really really honor your, your pastor or yeah, your pastor, you may not get every everything that God intends for you to get from him. So I encourage you tonight that this will follow. So, we understand these teachings and we'll see why Paul now made a comment in Romans 1 about the first person that he made comment about, which is Deaconess Phoebe. Now, come to Romans 1, sorry, Romans 16, verse 1. I read from NLT. He said, I commend to you our sister Phoebe who is a deacon in the church in Chantria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she's been a helpful, she's been helpful to many, and especially me. I'll read that in the ESV tonight. ESV, Romans 16, verse 1. It says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant, of the church at Chantria, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints. You see that? That means for everyone that acknowledges there's a way to what? To welcome them. If you welcome them with honor. Hallelujah. Amen. You welcome your leaders, your pastor with honor. Amen. Not as gods, but, but God says honor them, respect them, and 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 don't 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 get over familiar with them. 
But for a true pastor and a true leader, they get to you at where you are. That difference will not be seen at all. But God says, for certain things to pass down from them to you, there must be this acknowledging of the office they occupy in the house of God. So in the church of we are all brethren, but God has said some in the church for order, for blessing, for authority, for direction, for leadership, and for ministry. Hallelujah. So every joint will supply that which he has, that the work of the Lord might go forth. So tonight, we are seeing applications of how the church ought to run and how the Holy Spirit has laid it out for us to believe. And this will be our practice and this will be our teaching and will be our doctrine. As I close tonight, interesting. Romans 16 is the salutation. And when I began to go through Romans 16, I see the Apostle Paul mentioning at least 30 names apart from families, apart from church members, and he was making them name after name, saluting them and mentioning their impact in the work of God. That means everyone that does something in the house of God, God takes note of them. Every worker, every contributor in, in, in moving forward the gospel, God has all in mind. And Paul began to salute. He began to greet each and every one. To me, that's interesting. To me, that is, that is remarkable. To me, that's comforting. To me, that's soothing. That means every work that you are doing, God is mindful of it. In fact, Paul began to mention the work they were, they were doing specifically for him. And as we appeal on this on Thursday, we'll build here by the grace of God. We see Paul greeting people, recommending people, saluting them for their service, for their labor, unto the works of God. The church is a, is a structured body of believers that everything that everyone does is being, is, is, being, is, is, being, is being exposed. Everything that everyone should do is being itemized. Everyone can come into the church and find their roles and find their place and fulfill it. God knows your name. God sees your impact. God sees your work. And in saluting everybody by their names, he's telling us that there's nothing that we do, both in the public, both in the secret, that the eyes of the Lord is not seen. Therefore, keep on doing the work. Don't neglect your call. Sometimes you might be appreciated. 
Sometimes you might not. In fact, most times you might not. But let the appreciation come from the Lord. Because it was it, it is the Lord, the Holy Spirit, that inspired Paul to mention the names he mentioned. The Lord sees. The Lord knows. Do your best. Hold your place. And supply that which your joint supply. That the work of the Lord may go on. I'm glad tonight that we're coming to a place of practical application. Principles of church running. And how every one of us ought to behave. What roles we have. And how we ought to relate one with another according to the principle and the doctrine of God. Tonight, I pray that the Lord will grant you wisdom, will grant you strength and understanding that the knowledge that you are acquiring now will bring freedom, will aid you to become a better believer that contributes his quota, that plays his role, that acts in obedience, for the fourth of God's kingdom and God's work on the earth. Let us pray tonight. Father, we thank you again this evening for the teaching of your word and the learning of your principles and your oracles. We thank you for the doctrine of giving, the doctrine of support the ministry, the doctrine of honor and respect as you've entrenched in your word. Lord, help us, Lord, to live in full obedience and let the light of the church, let the structure of the church as, 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 as related by you, O oh God, continue throughout all ages that your counsel, your purpose might stand in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, O oh God, that your people, Lord, will learn tonight and hold your truth as the only truth to be obeyed and to be lived in Jesus' name. I pray that the children of our Lord will grow in wisdom, will grow in knowledge, will grow, Lord, in your word, in every area, in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, at this time, Father God, you will, Lord, strengthen your people. Lord, provide for us supernaturally and bring us to a place of rest, even in you, O oh God. We thank you, Father, tonight. Give praise and glory for prayer with thanksgiving. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen and amen. Praise God. See you again on Thursday by the grace of God. Amen. Good night and God bless you all.